0: Uh, today we start the uh, fifth perech on Daphnun Ches, which begins uh, uh, for prokim of dealing with the Korba and Pesach and everything surrounding it. So a lot of it deals with the with the area of Kodshim, the uh, service of, of sacrifices and, and the service of the Beit HaMikdash. Uh, and we've got to try and... Uh, uh, and continue to find a matmonim, to find a hidden treasure that is relevant to us, that is important, that is meaningful. Um, of course, if the thesis is right, that that's what we're meant to be learning from Gomorrah, we're not only meant to be learning uh, the text, but we're, be learning to, to, but we're meant to be learning a method of, of thinking, we're meant to be learning a way of looking at the world and at the Torah, uh, then we should continue to find on every single daf we should find important insights that can change the way we, the way we live, and the way we think, and the way we learn Torah. So on let's start right in the, in the Gemara, right at the beginning. We're told that uh, as we know, every single morning and every single evening, we bring a korban tamid at the, in the Beis HaMikdash. So we need to get our heads into that world when we're learning this. We've got to be in the world of the Beis HaMikdash. And that's part of the beauty of learning Kod Shum. It takes you into a different world. So we're in the world of the Beis HaMikdash, where, where there was a lot of activity all day and every day. And it starts with the korban tamid, the korban olah, the, the sacrifice that will be brought, brought, brought first thing every morning. And the the Tamid, Shobay, and the afternoon, Korban, which would be brought in the evening. And the evening one was was slaughtered, the Mishnah says, at eight and a half hours after sunrise. The Karev Betisho, and it would be sacrificed, the Ola the, the would be completed on the Mizbeach at nine and a half hours after. So imagine a day that is from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., just to make it easier. That means the afternoon starts at 12 uh and and it ends at six and um it it would be at eight and a half hours which would be at two thirty would be the time that you slaughter the Korban Tomid, and by three thirty it would be it would be brought mm-hmm. ask the Gemari- Minahani Mili, why wherefro? Why so? Oma rabiushua bin levido ma cro etakebes echota seva boikebe takevesashita sebe na bain. Because the tau tells us you bring the second lamb, which is the late the evening korban and Tomid, in the evening time. Khalkeu laben shne Aravim. So you've got to bring it exactly between the two edges of the afternoon. So the first edge of the afternoon is noon, and the last edge is sunset. So the the hour in the middle, which means having two and a half hours on one, side, because it takes an hour to do the whole Corbin tummy, to slaughter it, bring it, it's, it's, the whole thing, they give themselves an hour. So uh, that means that if, if you're going to have it right in the middle of the afternoon, that means two and a half hours before, two and a half hours in between, and an hour for, for the process... Um That will be a betcho to mektsa lekanu sh'tesh to mektsa lekan two and a half on either side. V'sha'achat lasiyato and one hour to do it. Mativ Rava, this is the part we need to focus off. So Rava asks a very important question. Important not just for here but for everywhere. Ba'aviv psachim um, nishchot b'sheva u'mektsa v'karev b'shmona u'mektsa ben bechol ben b'shabes. Uh, On Erev Pesach, we're told, the Mishnah goes on to say, that on Erev Pesach, you've got to bring it forward an hour to seven and a half hours to leave enough time for the Korban Pesach. So that now it would be brought not at 2.30, but it would be brought at 1.30. And if you're bringing me a verse from the Torah to tell me it has to be at 2.30 in the middle of the afternoon, how do you make it earlier on of Pesach and Erev Shabbos and other other situations where you make it early just for convenience, just to give the Khanim the time and the Baalim, the owners the time to do everything? How can you mess with a, with a Doraisa? If the Torah says it has to be at two thirty, there's no flexibility. If Shabbos comes in at sunset, you can't say, "Yeah, but you know." And sometimes, if in the winter it's a short Shabbos, and make an hour later, can't do that. The the time is given to us very clearly. If the time is given to us clearly, what what flexibility do we have? So the. um, the Osamaach asks a, a wonderful question. The is a mayor of Dvinsk. And we, may, we must appreciate, I just want to give you a little bit about the time with Osamach and show you the, conne- the, the connections, which are just so interesting. Um, the Osamach is somebody, I, I knew a lot of old people in, in South Africa, elderly people in South Africa when I was uh, a young boy who knew the Osamach. So we're not talking about like a long time ago. These people, who grew up, people from Dvinsk, remembered and told me stories about the Osamach. Um, but what's interesting, just for from, from me personally, is Rabbi had a very, very close friend in Chavrusa, who was a very big um, posek at the time, who was Rabbi Yosef Zundel Hutner. I don't know that he's related to the Rabbi Hutner that we know from New York and later from Yerushalayim, but his name was Rabbi Yosef Zundel Hutner. What's important to me is more than that, that Rabbi Yosef Zundel was very great, was his wife, who was also very great. Was, Rabbi Yosef Zundel Hutner had a wife by the name of Hende, Hendel. And Hendel used to in shilers. So when people used to bring shilers to Rabbi Yosef Yisundel, she would she would get the Shilas. She was like the secretary. And if the Shilas, she used to say, the Shilas is a simple one. I'm not going to disturb my husband's learning, because somebody's got a Shilas that I know the answer to. So if she knew the answer, she would it. What's interesting to me is there was no big deal about it. There was no feminist agenda. She was doing it just to save her husband the learning the time to learn. And it was accepted at the time. Nobody said it was a woman, Paskanin, shilas. how can that be? Today it's such a big thing, you know, they've got this Yohatzot Halacha. What are they doing? They're doing just that. They, The, the straightforward shilas, they've learned Halacha well enough to be able to deal with the straightforward Shailah. And as long as they don't start paskining new things which require the application and extrapolation and, and, and a lot of lomdas. Um, and that, that's something that women used to do. So we look at it and we're so shocked. Oh, my goodness. So women getting into the area of passing and they've always been there. That's what Rabbitsons used to do. And Hendel was known to be a, a very good Shiloh answerer. And what's interesting further is Hendel's brother-in-law was, was an unbelievable London. And again, so we're talking in our time. This is like less than 100 years ago. Rabbi, Rabbi Maria Leib Mishkovsky was an unbelievable person. Reb Chaim was a tzaddik. The Chofetz Chaim used to go to him to ask him questions, to learn with him. The Chofetz Chaim asked him to write a sefer, the Mishtaburah. And he said, no, I think you should write it. That's how the Mishtaburah started. Reb Chaim, uh, Chaim Arioleib Mishkovsky encouraged the Chofetz Chaim to write the Mishtaburah. This is the kind of person you're talking about. He would never look at a newspaper. And I don't think it was in those days because the newspaper was full of pritzes. He was probably talking about from newspapers that he wouldn't, he wouldn't look at. It's just a distraction of a newspaper. He wouldn't even allow it in his house. Once he had a in the Shiloh of Argunas, about a woman whose husband dis- disappeared, and there was a story that he had actually reappeared somewhere in the world, and he had to read a newspaper article. The Shaya came to him and he had to read a newspaper article. So he instructed the newspaper should be brought to his house in the yard. He would go out to the yard, he would close his eyes, and somebody could read the article to him. So that chas v'sholem, his eyes wouldn't see a newspaper. That's the level of tire of purity, that we're talking about who these people were. Um, his son was Reb Hizkia'o Yosef Mishkovsky, and his son was my Rosh Mishkovsky. So these are these people from our generation. Uh, <coughs> so he was my Rosh Hashivah's grandfather. His, um, uh, his son Reb, Reb, uh, Reb, Hizkia'o, Reb, Reb Hizkia'o Yosef Mishkovsky was a very, very great man too. He married the daughter of Rabitsula Petterburger, who I knew well. So again, you just see the, the daughter of the, the Shiva's mother. He, she used to stay with him. She was an elderly lady when I was in Yeshiva, a wonderful, wonderful person, uh, Rebitson Breiner. And Rebitson Breiner was the daughter of, of Rabitsula Petterburger. That's who this, this generation was. And it's interesting that Maharishi uh, I learnt with him. Uh, I, I sat in Yeshiva every day for years. I learned with him for hours and hours one on one every every single week he never once talked about his ichis. He never, I don't ever remember talking him talking even even about his father he hardly talked about Rebbe, about Chaim Mishkovsky, I only learned relatively recently I didn't even know about him who he was what a goddelbe israeli he was what a tziger I never even spoke about him so that's quite interesting anyway back to the osmah who's of our time so the osmah asked a very important question what is Rova saying um, how can you move the to- Korban Tomid an hour earlier? By Korban Pesach, it also says Ben harbaim, the same, the same wording. It also has to be Ben Harbayim, which means middle of the afternoon. One of them is going to have to be moved. You can't do them both at 2.30. So you can see from the Torah's wording itself that the Torah wants one of them to be moved. Why is he so shocked that we're moving the Korban Tomid? You've got to move something. And the Korban Tomid, he says, actually is a Tadir. That's the one that's regular every single day. Um, so, so maybe it's the uh, it's the korban tamid that shouldn't be moved. Maybe, maybe that's part of his part of his question, uh, because the korban tomid at least do it at its regular time. Every single day you do the korban tomid at two thirty. You do it at Either korban pesach do it a bit earlier, do it a bit later, but don't mess with the korban tamid. asks uh, ask Robin. But but he explains it further that the. Um, there's a, there's a Yerushalmi, which is a very beautiful principle that we use in life. The Yerushalmi says you have to change one of them. It's clear they can't both be Benarabayim exactly. They can't both be at 2.30. You're going to have to move one of them. I might have thought you move the Korban Pesach to a different time so that the Korban Tomid, which is the Tadir, it's the more frequent one, is at the regular time, at the time that it has to be. No, says the Yerushalmi, the Korban Tomid has plenty opportunity to be on time. <laughs> It's one, the Korban Pesach is one day a year. If the Korban Pesach is not on time, it will never be on time. It only has one day. It only exists for one day. So if you have to move the time of one, you move the time of the one that, that will never have another opportunity. You remove the one that, that will have another opportunity to be on time and not the one that, that uh, this is its only opportunity. It's a Yerushalmi inside and on this, on this Gomorrah right at the very beginning uh, of, of Kamishi. And so from there we have a, a halakhic principle. You can it, it happens with a, with a child sometimes. It can happen in work. Gaboyim in, in the shuls have the question all the time. You've got one aliyah, you've got two or three people who need the aliyah. One of the ways of deciding who gets it, let's say they all have equal right to it. They're all your let's say. Three people who've got a yortite or whatever. Normally we would say yeah, a person is a member of the shul who's there every day. He's, he gets he gets first choice. But according to the Yerushalmi, not necessarily so. You might say the the person who's not here often doesn't live here. This is his only chance for me to give him an Aliyah. I won't be seeing him again. The other person I can give an Aliyah at, at at other times. But one of the one of the cheshbon is one of the things you've got to take into account when you're deciding who gets something. Is this their only chance, or do they have other chances as well? If you have one person who this is their only chance. Then you give it to them. If for somebody else they could have another chance, if it doesn't work now, they can have another chance to get the opportunity. Uh, then, then you postpone them, you delay them, and they get the chance uh, a different time. A wonderful idea in the Yerushalmi uh, on our first homage of Per Chamishi.